Hello, future Ravens. Welcome back to the Talking Raven podcast. My name is Stanley Philippe. All right, we're going to jump right into the second half of season four. And like I mentioned in our opening episode, this season is all about asking questions, answering questions, and specifically over the next few weeks, we really want to help shape the picture, right? Create a vibe for what it's going to be like when you become a Carlton student. And yes, I did say when, because like I mentioned before, I had that really good feeling that if you're listening to this, you're on your way to becoming a member of our awesome, vibrant community. And when you do become a student here at Carlton, you're going to experience a lot of different things, a lot of highs, some lows, some challenges, some obstacles, um, some festive moments. And through it all, there's a network, a structure, a community that's here to help you navigate every step of the way. And one of the different outlets that is, that is available is our mental health and counseling services. And so we thought it'd be really good to have a conversation with Bo Welter, who is the manager of student care and support in our health and counseling services department to really kind of give us an overview, paint a picture, share some personal stories about you know, how she frames the conversation, the idea of mental health uh, through that student lens. I thoroughly enjoyed uh, my chat with Bo, and I have no doubt that you will as well. So without further ado, here it is, my combo with Bo. Bo, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. Tell me to start things off. How are you doing on this beautiful Friday afternoon? <laughs> okay. It, yeah, the weather has definitely been a bit of a, a bummer. Um, but it's Friday. I have plans with a friend this evening. So, you know, it could, it could be worse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> How about yourself? Yeah. yeah, pretty pretty good. Yeah, it's it's been it's been a weird winter here. I know I yeah. think a lot of us were asking for uh, a white Christmas. It didn't happen. And then the snow came post Christmas. And now we're all kind of like, oh, I don't know about about this weather thing here in Ottawa. But we persevere. We we continue on and it's gonna um, get it's going to get brighter. It's going to get nicer. And it's been a really uh, big week here as we record this uh, two days after Bell Let's Talk Day, uh, which has taken on different shapes and sizes throughout the year. But it's always a, a good opportunity for us to take a step back and and just think about mental health. And I'm wondering if we can start a conversation by asking you how you monitor your own mental health today as a member of the Carlton community, as an employee, uh, mm-hmm. as a young adult, uh, compared to uh, <laughs> when <laughs> compared to when you were like a student in your student days, what, what has changed and how have you morphed during that time? Yeah, so I think the biggest thing, so I was a student at Carlton for both my bachelor's and my master's, actually both in social work. And I was like the little like energizer bunny. I did full-time school. I worked usually multiple jobs. So like service, but also I started, I had a student position in the equity department doing sexual violence work for like a long time, like since the second year of my undergrad, all the way till the end of my master's and like work with YSB and, you know, in social work, you do placements. So usually after that, I would be hired on as like casual. So you're doing like 12 hour, like overnights, like things like that, and still manage to have like a social life and all of that. But I think one thing that I never did back then that I try to be better at doing now is kind of 
keeping a bit of like having an eye on the gas tank, so to speak, um, because I do have, I am prone to similar to when I was a student of overscheduling. I get excited. I want to say yes to everything. I want to do everything. I'm a bit of a busy body naturally, but you know, especially when you are, you know, as you get older, maybe your gas tank isn't quite as quite as big as it used to be or you know there's more things you're responsible for people you're responsible to you know things that are important to you in your personal life stuff like that so I think I've gotten a lot better at keeping an eye on that one tip that I always tell my clients is like unless the and a tool that I use for myself now that I wish you know I had used more back then but we all learn when we need to um, is unless the question is, can you take me to the Emerge or what do you want from Starbucks? I can wait five minutes. Like you can take five minutes. <laughs> you can take five minutes to sit there and kind of, you know, I usually check in with like, how do I feel physically? You know, how do I feel mentally? And usually what do I, what else do I have going on maybe that week or in the next two weeks? Um, just to keep an eye and leave myself a bit more of a buffer kind of energy and, you know, mental energy wise. Whereas when I was in school, I was just like, go, 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 go all the time. If, if I was free, if I didn't have something actively scheduled, I would always say yes. Whereas now I try to be a bit more intentional with that. Yeah, the the gas tank example is really good because I think you're right. Like when I when I was in university, it felt like someone was always switching the gas tanks. If mine was empty, <laughs> they would plug in a new one, and I'm like, all right, I'm full again without there realizing. Yeah, you know, like that switch happened. And as you get older, it's it's almost like you have no mechanic available for you, so you better put that <laughs> yeah, gas. Yeah, the in. check engine light is on. Yeah. There's no water fluid. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I, and I think that you know in 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 today's lens, like a lot of folks are not only aware of their gas tank, but their, their EV batteries and whatever car they're driving, they're yeah. trying to ensure that it gets them to their destination. And that high yeah, awareness... the battery is probably a better metaphor. Yeah. Now, the electric car actually than the gas tank. Yeah. 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 Cause I mean, it's like that charging up, right. And like, yeah, it takes and having... time too to charge up, right. It doesn't just take a couple of seconds. Yeah, I'm gonna, and I'm, gonna, I'm gonna take that. I'm gonna steal it and use that instead of my gas tank metaphor. A hundred percent copyright, and it, and then it's funny because yeah, like like with the the battery example, uh, we don't always have charging stations available. So mm -hmm. it's like you have to kind of plan out your destination yeah. and ensure that there are these checkpoints along the way that that doesn't yeah. uh, that won't allow you to be kind of completely uh, uncharged or or left with a with the dead battery, so to speak. So, yeah. Uh, but but yeah, but that that idea of like a popular culture and and how we are way more aware of the concept of mental health and the mm -hmm. conversations that are happening, you know, professionally, yeah. uh, casually, socially, uh, within your relationships, there are a lot more, I find conversations around mental health. And I wonder if this is making it easier for students to confront, you know, if they're having various struggles or, or needing to, to refuel their tank or, or switch their batteries if it's making it easier to do that kind of confrontation and, and understanding, or has it had the opposite effect? In, in your experience, where do you find students are, are resting on that kind of scale? So actually, when I saw this question, it was really helpful because it's actually both in my kind of experience. So in terms of like personal stigma, like internalized, like shame, like barriers like that, I do think that awareness has 
made things easier, even given people more language, right? Like, especially even folks, you know, that I've met in my generation, older, older generations are like, oh, I just thought I was being lazy. And you're like, oh, yeah, maybe there's like a little something else going on there. And so having, you know, the more words we have to describe, the more commonplace those words are, I think that also helps us like communicate better, right? And that's part of accessing mental health services is, is really based on our capacity to like communicate. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it's it's uh, it's a, it's an area that I, that I find really fascinating as I personally have gone into into therapy and 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 having that support and that check in, you know, and I think that the what you framed as the positive too, right, because um, similar to the physical health, you know, even if you feel like you are physically the healthiest you can ever be. There's there's always something you can do to to continue that streak or continue that yeah, feeling. maintenance, right? Yeah, yeah, the the maintenance part of it, uh, and also kind of checking in on on the areas that maybe you want to improve on. So it's not a a, a negative perspective. It's just like oh wow, like I can even become greater physically, and yeah. and mental health is 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 a fragile area to talk about. To be honest, yeah, you know because. Many of us, um, I mean, myself included, are not experts and are not, you know, uh, trained to, to have a lengthy, you know, conversation uh, yeah. surrounding it. But we all want to know. We all want to, like yeah. you said, communicate and and understand um, how we can have, you know, better or good mental health or how we can have positive, like the word positive mental health. Yeah. So so when well, you say that, I, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I just have a thought yeah. too. And it doesn't necessarily mean like positive mental health doesn't necessarily mean like feeling good or happy all the time. Right. I think Mm -hmm. when I say positive mental health, I also mean like having positive or like helpful responses to painful emotions, to painful Mm -hmm. events in our life. Like part of taking care of our mental health is being able to, how do we take care of it when things are genuinely hard, when things are definitely difficult. And that's kind of that like resiliency piece. But I think sometimes, you know, that the word like positivity itself can get like misconstrued as like, how do we feel good all the time? And like a lot of the times, especially in therapy, you know, the work is about, okay, what is the purpose of these so-called negative emotions? How do these hard things, you know, you feel sad, you didn't do well on a test. Okay. What does that say about your values, right? This actually really matters to you. This is important to you. That's something that's positive. How can we take that and like, look at, you know, a different way to cope with this disappointment rather than just like, how do I not care about that? Or how do I not feel worried about that? Or how do I not feel sad about that type of approach? I just, I, as soon as I said the word positivity, I was like, oh, I gotta like clarify. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you for doing that because it's one of my favorite things to do is, is look at words, try to deconstruct them and try to almost detach them from whatever a simplistic meaning we give to that mm-hmm. word, right? So like you said, positive, our immediate thought is good. And and I I mean I literally said that as well. And and what you're saying is exactly right. It's like it's not meaning that everything is good and rosy. It means how are you able to again understand, um, identify, create a support network. These are all things that can happen within any type of mental health uh, moment. And I think for our students, as they're going to go through this transition from high school, to university, for the most part in this new I mean, environment. I mean, COVID too is a big transition there for lots yeah, of folks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, there's going to be so much that's going to happen and so much of it is unknown. And what we're trying to do is almost give them a, a toolkit to prepare themselves and to also adjust on the fly. And so yeah. if you had to create a toolkit 
for students who are coming in to their first year, what would be the five items or the five tips that you would include in this kit to help students really maximize their introduction and maybe their entire time in university? It's like, oh, can I write a book and see? <laughs> so many thoughts on this. Um, yeah, five, five or more. If you have more, okay. by all means. Yes. Um, so I would say number one is having things in your life outside of school, right? So often we see in like academia, especially with like the lack of support, you know, and kind of it feels like you're a bit like free floating um, in space. I know for myself when I was in school, I tried to do one online class and I was like I feel like there's no accountability like I cannot it was also stats so I was like this is not gonna go well <laughs> so I have a lot of empathy for students who like did have to do so much online school and I know that works really well for some people but like for myself that that just wasn't happening so this balance of striking like how do we make this important enough that we have motivation to do it, but also not let school pass this threshold where it is the end all be all and actually usually sends people into a bit of a, a paralyzed or like a freeze response, right? Because it becomes so important. It feels like life or death, like, you know, like I said, end all be all. And then it becomes too important to like actually be able to take steps to write that paper, to take that test where there is a risk, you're going to make a mistake or not do as well as you thought or whatever, Right. And so having, I find things outside of university, um, especially things that allow like an in an almost an immediate input output because school is such a long game, right? We're like, yeah, you're going to get that grade back. But like the ultimate goal of whether that's like to further education, if it's career, if it's higher learning, whatever this stuff is, it's, it's probably years <laughs> away. Um, and that's a really hard thing for a human being to be like I'm going to stay highly motivated for this thing that is not even close to immediate right or, or not even guaranteed because a lot of us don't know exactly what we're going to be doing when we're 17 18 starting school and so having things I know for myself like one of the things that I found really helpful actually I worked like coffee shop jobs like I started working at Starbucks when I was 16 and I held on to the, even if I was down to like one day a week, cause I had more social worky jobs. I kept that job because the like very simple, like input output type of work, or like, I really love baking, like cooking, you know, if people are like creative, things like that, things you can do with your hands, having those things outside of school was really helpful in grounding to like a sense of purpose and like accomplishment and, you know, that wasn't linked to academia. And I found for me that made it a lot easier to keep my academics kind of in perspective of like, this is important, but it's not the ultimate decider of like how smart I am, how hardworking I am, how valuable I am, all of those things. So to have, in short, it can be anything and everything, but to have other ways that you get feeling of like, progress or accomplishment and are able to to recognize those qualities in yourself outside of school I think that that's really important mm -hmm. and the other one I would say and I know it's really hard especially in weather like this but some type of movement some type of connection with the body I'm very intentional when I say movement and not exercise because movement is like a lot more broad it can be just like stretching or walking um, it doesn't necessarily have to be like super intense working out. Of course, that's your jam, you know, do that. But you're in an environment in school that naturally really disconnects you from your body. 
and can lead to almost this like dissociation style state. And a lot of times even cues to our mental health might show up in our physical bodies before we even connect to them mentally, especially when you are really busy with school or like hyper-focused on getting things done. Like for myself, I know that if I wake up and my hands are sore, it's because I've slept like this. Or if I notice I'm just sitting and I clench my hands a lot, that that is a sign that I'm stressed, even before maybe I mentally realize that I'm stressed. But that Mm -hmm. has taken years and like more intentional connection with the body to understand those signals. And so whatever that looks like for you, making time to like be able to check in and have a relationship and a connection uh, with your body while you're in an environment that like does not really encourage that or require that of you at all. Let me another thing. If you can, it's so hard, but like trying to create some distinct time off because the academic structure will not naturally give it to you. (laughs) There is always something you could be doing. So, you know, setting some boundaries might not be every day that you're able to do this, maybe once a week, you know, once a month where it's like, okay, this day, this afternoon, this weekend, like this is like, I am like off the clock as a student, I find can be really helpful for folks. And that's kind of that like charging that battery moment. Another thing, whatever you can do to maintain some hobbies, even if you can't do them in exactly the same way. So it's really easy to get down on ourselves for like not having the energy or the time to be able to do something in a way that we may be able to use. Like I've talked to so many students and I went through this myself. I was like a huge reader when I was growing up. Like I was like, I could read a 500 page book like in an afternoon. Well, yeah, I didn't have a lot else to do. So obviously (laughs) that was accessible. Um, whereas now like having the mental energy, you know, I started, I think in my last year, my undergrad, I was like, I'm going to read the Lord of the Rings again. And I read (laughs) maybe two to five pages a night before bed, which like was totally different than how I used to read. But, you know, I'd kind of tell myself, okay, like 10 minutes, 20 minutes, even an hour is never going to be the make or break between whether you like pass a class or do whatever, like you can take this time. It's not going to end the world. So like getting back into those hobbies, not letting school completely rob you of them, even if you have to do them less or a little bit differently, because it also then can set you up really well for when you eventually finish school, maybe, or maybe the way you're doing school changes, you have more time um, that you're not left being like, oh my God, you know, what is, what else is in my life? Um, so I've found for a lot of folks that that can be really helpful, not only while they're in school, but also, you know, feeling a little bit more prepared for life after school as well. Yeah. So many, so many things, social networks, like really important. Right. Um, and folks that you can socialize in different ways, like having folks that you can like sit and study with having folks that you can go out with, or like, If you are someone who say like your hobby is hiking and that's not the most accessible, like creating social connections like around that, that maybe make it easier to like go as a group or like whatever those look like. I think that type of support, you know, is really, really valuable. And sometimes for folks that looks like regular therapy as well. Sometimes it looks like, okay, I have friends that I can talk about my mental health with. Um, or I talk about it with my doctor, like whatever that kind of looks like, there's no one right way or like best way to kind of be mindful of that. It can be done in whatever way works best for someone. Yeah. I love, I love all of that. And I, and I, I hear you and I, and I think of, you know, Carlton's, you know, club societies. I think about our athletics department. I think about our student experience office. I think about. Yeah. There's uh, so much yeah. like, on campus with all that stuff. 
Yeah, so many great ways. And I, and I think that's that's the piece that sometimes doesn't get translated to students enough is that, you know, while you're certainly attending a post-secondary university or, or college for uh, the degree or for the educational uh, piece or component, um, it comes with a lot more. And like, like all of us, right? Like as an individual, if you are joining a community, yes, you know, there's a superficial or an initial understanding of how you contribute to a community, but you're so, you're so layered and so textured. Yeah. And our, our experience gives students a chance to really kind of paint different pictures depending on how they how they want to express themselves. And, and that variety and that time management, all those skills are going to really help with, with everything that that university will bring to them so i'm glad that you you listed all of that and i and we mentioned a couple of things that we have at carlton obviously uh, our health and counseling services is another really great resource available for our students uh, what are some of the tools that are available or some of the services that are being offered within your department that you think students should be you know aware of or mindful of as they navigate their undergrad um, I think, first of all, knowing a bit of the process. So things have changed a bit, like since I have started there. So when I started, you would just kind of like call the front and be like, I want to see a counselor. And they would just book, reception would just book you in or a patient care coordinator would just like book you right in, you know, and, and that was kind of it. And whereas now it's a lot more intentional. So like there's an intake process. We have multiple like specialized counselors. So I've been in the sexual violence and trauma counselors that role was created while I was there um kind of you know I came on with that expertise in a contract and then they created that role um we have an international student counselor a graduate student counselor um we have two racialized student counselors in the main clinic we also have one um in residence counseling we have an eating disorder counselor we have a lgbtq plus counselor there's all sorts of like specific services as well as there's other mental health supports on campus, so, like the From Intention to Action program, which is like a 12 week weekly uh, counseling program is also under health and counseling. And we are so fortunate to have um, our intake counselor, her name's Melissa, you know, <laughs> she, was she has, she was also like the originator of that role. And I've had some overlap with her, like in community as well. She's done so much work for years in the Ottawa community that she is just this like unbelievable kind of like Rolodex of community resources. So now the process is uh, when a student is interested in mental health support from health and counseling, they do an intake appointment with her. So you fill out some screening forms, things like that. And what's really lovely is she can kind of do a bit of an assessment. So how I was saying, you know, we're getting that bottleneck. Part of her role is to like refer students to appropriate resources. So that if that means FIDA, if maybe actually what they're looking for is more like career counseling or they're graduating and it makes sense for her to explain to them how to access counseling like through their student insurance, things like that, um, or like specific community supports because different um, community health centers run different specific programs or there's organizations in Ottawa like specifically for like sexual violence counseling, specifically for like newcomers, like all these different, similar to like how our counselor demographics are that I just described. Obviously that exists in the community as well. So this is really amazing or like connecting to the like care and support team, like whatever that looks like. Um, and sometimes that also ends up with you being connected with a specific counselor, but then this way it's based on like 
what the person is looking for. Maybe she knows that counselor uses a specific modality of therapy that really suits with what's going on for this student. So I think that's something that's changed um, and it's helpful for students to know and kind of come in prepared. Okay, there's not necessarily one specific outcome. It's not, you know, that direct, you just call and book in, but you're actually gonna have a conversation about like what your needs are, what's available on campus, what's available off campus and have someone support you in like making those connections and setting up the most appropriate, like specific support. And I found that that has, I think led to a much higher quality in kind of the services that that students experience. We also run groups sometimes. Um, so it's good to keep a lookout um, on the website or there'll be posters in health and counseling if different groups are running. Um, sometimes there's like workshop series as well. Like I know our international student counselor is running a self-esteem workshop series at the moment. So kind of, yeah, keeping up to date with those things can be really helpful as well. And then we also obviously like, I won't speak too much to this because it's not my side, but there's the medical side um, as well, right? So often folks find it very helpful to discuss their mental health, not only say with like Melissa and an intake counseling appointment, um, but also maybe with a doctor. And especially if students don't have a family doctor in Ottawa, like if you're coming from like Vancouver, you're an international somewhere else, you have the capacity to access a doctor at health and counseling. And we're very fortunate to have a lot of medical staff who are really, really well-versed in mental health because we work with, you know, as a team kind of, um, and they have just because of the population, they have so much experience with that. So I know that I'm grateful as a therapist to work with like medical practitioners who are so understanding and, and really like know their stuff around that stuff. Cause not, not everyone in my role gets that opportunity. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we're, we're lucky and and I, what I'll do is I'll, I'll post a link to uh, to your website. So for folks who are listening that want to maybe learn a bit more or, or when they become a student, they can bookmark that site and, and utilize the resources as appropriate. And and it's a, it's a really great thing to have a community that's so vast and, and covers so many different areas. And, and I, I want to know to wrap things up, Bo, what for you is the best part about being a member of the Carlton? And there's so much awesomeness. What what for you really brightens your day when you're like, yeah, I'm part of this community. What what is that thing? If if you can put one thing to it. Uh, one thing. Why are why are these all these number limits on this thing that I can <laughs> yeah. talk about? Yeah. I'm probably gonna talk about two things. So. Sure. <laughs> uh, one is yesterday was my first day. My dog recently graduated from the therapy dog program. Oh, cool. I don't know if you'll hear it in the audio, but she actually would just like let loose this like really long howl, like halfway through <laughs> the conversation. So I don't know what she's <laughs> doing down there, but she, so she did the like six week training and they do a three hour exam um, that she had to do in December. But yesterday was her first day coming on campus and all our, like the clinic and all my fellow counselors, like everyone was like really excited and kept asking about it and like, how did she do? And so that's really lovely. Like, I think we have that team stuff in general. So the people, but it was also such a cool and unique experience for me as a therapist, but also for my students that day to have a therapy dog in their individual therapy session. I don't know if that's mm. ever happened at Carleton before. So just the opportunity and like to have the support, you know, from like my team and like management and everything to be like, yes, like take the time, you know, have this cool opportunity. I really appreciate that. 
And the other thing is, I think similar to what I was saying about university, like I've, so I've been at Carleton like for a long, a long time. <laughs> Did both my degrees here. I started working here in the second year of my undergrad. Like I said, I worked for SD equity. I worked for the student experience office. I was gone for a month and I came back to health and counseling. I had to ask for the day off to go to my own convocation. <laughs> um, the first week of my contract, which is hilarious, but really like some of the the people, like the connections I've made here, especially working too. It's been really lovely. And, and especially like, I love all my, you know, fellow counselors, my folks at health and counseling, but especially post COVID. And as you know, we play volleyball together at work, which is like such a cool thing to get to do. Um, but connecting with people from outside your own department too, I can be really like lovely just to like be able to see people in the hallways and say hi and chat you know um and that's come through like volleyball and different events at, at Carleton and things like that especially for those of us at health and counseling like we're in session all day with our doors closed so the opportunity to connect with people it's just a nice feeling you know like always being able to to kind of see someone you know and chat and have that little check-in or that little validation of like, yeah, it is the week before finals. It does feel very chaotic. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, it's, uh, I would say that's kind of the best, the best part is being able to have those little connections and feel like, yeah, it's almost like this little neighborhood kind of feeling, especially because the way our campus is built, it's like self-enclosed. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is. It is a, a big, small world. You know, there there's yeah. so many things going on. And, and yet there are a lot of opportunities for connection. And, and I really appreciate you taking the time, Bo, to, to connect with our audience and, and to really provide that that space. And, and we know that our students are going to appreciate hearing a lot about the services that are available and the ways that we can connect. So, so thank you, Bo, for your time. Really appreciate it. No problem. I didn't know about like any of this stuff. I think I just went to health and counseling like twice when I had strep throat when I was a student. Like I didn't even <laughs> know that there was any of those services until I was, you know, coming back to work. So I'm quite happy to, especially like, you know, that prevention piece, that like setting up piece. And it doesn't mean that everything's going to go well or smoothly all the time, but it kind of builds that like resiliency and like makes it easier to bounce back from that stuff or kind of weather, you know, some of the stuff that we can't change or can't avoid. So I, I really love the idea of talking about this, like right from the get go and giving folks all the information. So even if they don't access it right away, you know, something happens, you're in your second, third year, maybe that this will like jog your memory of like, oh, yeah, there are supports out there I can use. Yeah, play play this back. Play this back throughout your undergrad. <laughs> yeah, <so> bookmark it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this episode. All right, so Bo, again, thank you so much for joining us. And we'll be back with more of the Talking Radio. I want to thank Bo for spending some time with us here at the Talking Raven. I have no doubt that all of our listeners have their battery packs fully charged from your valuable insight. Now, along with our health and counseling services website, I'm also going to share another site that I think is super valuable for our students to know about. Our mental health and wellness website, wellness.carlton.ca. It really showcases the plethora of options that are available for our students as they navigate their time in our community. So uh, definitely give that a look. We're back next Tuesday with another brand new episode. Uh, by the time you hear this, uh, it'll probably either be the day before or the day after Valentine's Day or maybe on Valentine's Day. So for all of you 
lovers of the Talk of Raven podcast, I want to wish you a very happy Valentine's Day and looking forward to connecting with you very, very soon. Until then, this is the Talk of Raven podcast. My name is Stanley Philippe. And remember, you have a lot of greatness inside of you. So don't be afraid to unleash your inner awesome. Take care, y'all.